You are listening to the Sermon Podcast for Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. Our vision is to see the life and message of Jesus transform hearts, homes, and cities. Wherever you are, our prayer is that God would meet you and that the life and message of Jesus would transform your life. To find more resources, go to triumphlbc.org. Power. Power seems to be uh, almost an obsession in our culture. Uh, as I've been thinking about this, I've been listening more and more. And, and if you listen to, to radio or TV or look on social media, you've probably seen it too. If, for example, if you follow sports and sports media, every time an athlete's contract comes up for renegotiation, the conversation is about who has the power, right? Is it the owners? Is it the athlete? Maybe that athlete's agent or maybe the player's union or who's got the power? Or, or if you listen to political conversations, the pundits talk about, well, as long as, as long as this group of people have the power, this is the policy that's gonna win the day. But if this other group can have the power, then that group can win the, the power struggle. They can make the policy. Do the, do the lobbyists have the power to be able to make Congress do what they want? Or, or can the president, do they, does the president have the power to influence in such a way? We, we talk about power. At work, some of you have been in conversations like this, conversations about a boss that leads from a position of power or a boss that doesn't have the power to do what you would like the boss to do. Power, politics, power, dynamics, power, almost an obsession for us. Paul, in our text for this morning, Paul talks about power and he talks about weakness. It's a passage from 2 Corinthians 12 and it has in it a couple of different verses that sometimes become part of memory verse plans. And so it fits really well into our dwell series this summer where, where we're dealing with memory passages. Let's read this, it's 2 Corinthians 12 and it starts halfway through verse seven and goes through verse 10. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that the Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults in hardships in persecutions and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We wanna talk about Paul's words here as they relate to strength and weakness, power and weakness. But before we get to that, I want to spend a few minutes thinking about why he writes this. He says, as he's setting up these statements, he says that he was given a 
thorn in the flesh. We don't know what that thorn in the flesh is, really. Lots of people, commentators, theologians, Bible translators, lots of people have weighed in to speculate on this. Some people speculate that it was some kind of physical disability. Perhaps it was his eyesight, or perhaps there was some other physical disability that he was dealing with that he felt like, this is tormenting me. God, would you please take it away, right? But maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was, maybe it was a, a, a mental health issue. Some have speculated, maybe it's kind of a recurring depression or an emotional issue. Maybe, and, and when you look at Paul's life, any of it could be possible. That maybe after being shipwrecked a few times, maybe it's kind of a PTSD every time he's around water. We don't know. In fact, we can't know because we're not given enough information. And most of the people who weigh in and try to speculate, first of all, they're not medical professionals. And even if they were, we aren't given enough information. Some of you work in the medical field. Suppose a patient came into a doctor's office and said, you know, doc, I've got this, well, it's kind of like a thorn in my side. Unless it's an actual thorn in your flesh, in which case they take a, a, a tweezers or a scalpel and they remove it and send you home. But any, any doctor worth their salt would say, oh, okay, well, come on in, let's do an examination. Tell me more about this. There's just not enough information here. We don't know what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. But what we do know is that three times he pleaded with God. He didn't just ask, but he pleaded with God that he would take away this thorn in the flesh. Do you have a thorn in the flesh? Have you ever pleaded with God to take that away? Maybe your thorn in the flesh falls into one of those categories. Maybe it is a, a, a physical disability. Maybe it is a, 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 an emotional problem or a, that, that just is so difficult. Or, or maybe it's a mental health issue. Maybe it's a recurring physical ailment that just never seems to quite go away, that you can't quite get out from under. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a diagnosis that is just more than you think you can handle. Paul says he was tormented. And so he pleaded with God and God didn't take it away. But don't confuse that with thinking that God didn't answer. God does answer him, and he answers, his answer comes in two parts. The first part of the answer is, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. God's grace, Paul, God says, Paul, my grace is sufficient. Sufficient is, is, is simply saying, however much you need, 
there's enough to cover it. Right? My grace is enough, Paul, to cover whatever it is you need. Some of you, like I do, some of you remember a time when the primary way that people would pay for something if they didn't use cash, the primary way they'd pay for something is to pull out a paper check, to fill it out, sign it, hand it to the clerk or whoever they were paying, and they would bring it to their bank and it would run through my bank account, right? Every once in a while, somebody would write a check and they didn't have enough money in their account to cover it. That check would come back often stamped insufficient. By the way, don't ask me how I know this. But it would come back stamped insufficient funds or not sufficient funds because there's not enough there in my account to cover the amount of the check. God's grace is never, never insufficient. There's always enough. And when Paul is, is pleading with God about the thorn in his side, Paul is reminded by God, Paul, I know this requires grace. I've got enough. His grace is sufficient. The second part of God's response to Paul's plea to take away this thorn, the second part is, he says to Paul, my grace is, my power, I'm sorry, my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. Now, I, I have sometimes heard teachers or preachers uh, uh, miss a really important point here because they build a point or an argument on most of the statement. They say power is made perfect in weakness, right? They tell you weakness is your pathway to power. Before you can be powerful, you have to acknowledge what your weaknesses are. They'll tell you that, that in acknowledging your weaknesses, you can, you can build on those, you can improve those weaknesses, and that's your pathway to power. Or they'll say, once you acknowledge what your weaknesses are, you can forget those, and you can start focusing on what your strengths are, and that's your pathway to power. But that's not, whether or not that's true, that's not what Paul is hearing from God here. It's not Paul's power that's made perfect in weakness. It's not Pastor Tony's power that's made perfect in weakness. It's God's power. God is the one who's talking and he says, my power is made perfect in weakness. Now we have to acknowledge <clears throat> that God's power is perfect, period. But God's power is displayed as perfect, is seen as perfect in the midst of weakness. God doesn't need my weakness to be powerful, but my weakness is the perfect palette for God to paint a great picture of his power. His grace is sufficient. His power is made perfect in weakness. And 
And that's why then in this same passage, Paul says, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. When I, when I first memorized this in a different translation, it said so that Christ's power may dwell in me. The old King James Version, and I love this picture, the old King James Version put it in English this way, that Christ's power may spread its tent over me. Rest in, dwell in, be protected under Christ's power. It's a wonderful picture. It's a wonderful picture. You see, this passage is not a passage that tells you where's the pathway to power. It doesn't say here, the formula for power is weakness. No, it says God's grace is sufficient and he has the kind of power that even in our weakness and even with all the thorns in our side, we can rest and live and remain under his power. It's an invitation. Our weakness is the way Christ's power becomes evident among the thorns in our flesh. Not, not, in, not, not by getting rid of our thorns always. In the midst of our weakness, in the midst of our thorns, his power is seen as all-sufficient. His power is seen as perfect. It is the perfect solution. We sing songs about the all-sufficient grace. We sang, Christ is enough. He's all-sufficient and his power is perfect even in our weakness, even in our thorns. When I was in when I was in college at chapel, sometimes we sang an old hymn, Wonderful the Matchless Grace of Jesus. And one of the lines in that song is, All sufficient grace for even me. You see, it's that even me part that hints at this reality that God's power is made perfect in weakness. Here's where I'm glad that we don't know what Paul's thorn in his side was his thorn in the flesh. Because if I'm going to be really honest with you, if, if Paul would have said, the thorn in my side is my eyesight, I would be tempted to think, well, if my eyesight ever fails, here's my promises. God's grace is enough. And his power is perfect in my failing eyesight. But these promises are true whatever the thorn is. If it's physical, if it's emotional, if it's, if it's a mental health issue, if it's a diagnosis, it doesn't matter because these truths apply. No matter what the thorn is in your flesh, God's grace is enough and his power can be perfectly manifest in your weakness. In the thorns, in spite of the thorns in your side. 
when Paul wrote to the church in Rome, he talked about this power. In, in Romans chapter one, he, he gives us an insight into what this power is. Romans 1.16, he says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. It, the gospel, is the power of God which brings salvation to everyone who believes. That's the power of God that is so evident in the midst of our weakness. It's the power that brings salvation to everyone who believes. You see, if, if people around me see my power, they're not gonna be drawn to the Lord. They might be drawn to me, but not the Lord. People are drawn to the Lord when they see his power at work. When they see that, that God has the ability to save even me. God has the ability, God's power has the ability to transform even my life. Even Paul's life. Man, what a God that is. That can take Paul, the persecutor of the church, transform his life into something amazing. Who doesn't want to serve a God like that? If people are going to be drawn to the Lord, if, if the life and message of Jesus is going to transform people's hearts, if it's going to transform people's homes, if it's going to transform our city, it's going to be because people see the power of God to transform those who are weak and who have thorns in their flesh and who are imperfect. That's the only way they're gonna know that they don't have to be strong enough, they don't have to be good enough, they don't have to be right enough, because God's powerful enough to save them, to save me, and to save you in spite of all of that. If God's power can save me, if God's power can save you, that's what gives hope to my neighbor and my coworker and my family member. So here's my prayer, my prayer for us. My prayer is that in my weakness, in the thorns in my flesh, whatever that is, that the gospel will be evident as the all-sufficient, perfect, powerful work of God. My prayer is that in your weakness, in the thorns in your flesh, in the midst of that, whatever those are, the gospel will be evident as the all-sufficient, perfect, and powerful work of God. My prayer is that when I'm at my weakest, when you're at your weakest, that God's power would win the day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your all-sufficient grace. We thank you that that our weakness and the thorns in our flesh, our imperfections, our inability, our sin, that none of that keeps you from working in the hearts of those around us. 
Lord, would the fact that you work in our lives be seen by our friends and neighbors, not as our work, but as yours? Lord, would you allow us to be the palette on which your all-sufficient grace and your incredible power would be evident. Lord, we ask, would you make something of us? Would you make us yours? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'm Pastor Doug. I, I just want to take a minute and to say thank you for downloading or, or streaming this content today. We try and pray that it will transform your heart and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I have three quick thoughts that I just want to share with you and it'll, it'll only take a minute. First, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd be willing, visit our website at triumphlbc.org connect and let us know how we can reach out to you. Or you can visit triumphlbc.org events to find an activity that you could jump into. Second, we hope that you see this content as supplementary in your walk with Jesus. Our, our digital content isn't really designed to be a replacement for belonging and engaging with a gospel community, whether that's here at Triumph or another church. And third, we invest a lot into producing this content and it's used to bless people like you and others all over our community. If this or really any of our other resources that you find online have been a blessing to you, would you consider giving? It's because of your generosity that we're able to continue creating and serving online. Thanks again and may the Lord bless you.